Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom. And as always, we are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Hello. Hi. Hi. Ha- Happy July 5th. Happy July 5th. We made it through another year. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Why is July 5th the beginning of a new year for you? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's a birthday, right? Oh, it's the first year. Collectively America. New... Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, and there, you know, there have been, there have been signs over the last year year and a half two we years might not that, make it we not might might not make it no might and have, we still might, might not. our last birthday yeah still so still we, might yeah demise is yeah what was that quote from mark twain about um when he read his own obituary <laughs> oh, yeah the reports the, of my demise are greatly no exaggerated i can't remember. greatly exaggerated or something like that that's i'll look it up the rumors of my yeah are greatly exaggerated so yeah, is so, it a uh, misquote? Uh oh, it's a misquote. Oh, okay. But let's see. The reports of my death are greatly. Is that the more appropriate one? Per, perhaps that's it. Yeah. So no, no, no. Oh, here we go. The reports of my death is often used to humans. Not an accurate quote. Oh, huh. I don't know. I'll dive more into that later. All right. All right. <laughs> Hi, hey. I'm Craig. Hi, Craig. Uh, I'm Cody. I think, and I'm 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 uh, remotely zooming in from Story Park in downtown Meridian, across Ooh. the street from uh, the shop where my brakes are getting repaired. Oh, is that what you're doing? Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I figured, you know, my home office instead of walking all the way back to the office to my house and just sitting in my office, I'll just yeah. hang out at a park. A good idea, and it looks nice. It's a nice it's- day. It's an incredible day. Uh, yeah. It's unreasonably pleasant. Is I had to wear, I had to wear sleeves because it was chilly outside. Say, is that, that doesn't look hot necessarily. No, you got no. a jacket on even pullover. Yeah, so yeah, just a pullover, and you can see the clouds in the sky. I love it. Just a gorgeous day. Nice. And uh, yeah, I thought it was supposed to be like in the mid nineties, and it's. Maybe only maybe only going to get up to 90 today. So that's not bad. Not bad. So did you do anything with your 4th of July? Yeah. Yeah. We had a we had a really cool 4th of July. How about you? Mr. Anabaptist. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We uh, yeah, we did our we you know, we uh, so at one of our churches, we have a nice overlook that overlooks a good chunk of the LC Valley. But that's Lewis and Clarkston, you know, the two towns All together right. on a river, LC Valley. And Clarkston is the one, the one town out of the two that does the fireworks show. So they do a big fireworks show from their football field. And our little spot from the back of the church, nice lawn, has a great view of 
that show plus everyone else because everyone around also does all their from their houses you know oh neighborhood stuff yeah yeah so you can actually see pretty much everybody's from our little huh. vantage point and uh so we got together at 8 30 for a dessert potluck and that and we did the uh, old homemade ice cream crank machine oh that's and, cool yeah did that nice. and we as a church we were like as a congregation, we know we have this great spot in this view. And we thought, okay, next year, because we didn't think of it until like a week and a half ago. But we're like, okay, next year, we'll send out invites to everybody in the neighborhood to come join us and for dessert and brownies and all that. But we'll just do it this year just for us to try to run. Well, lo and behold, this whole time, everybody comes already to that spot because it's so good and parks out there and watches. It's, so. It's, yeah. They were already, already there. They're already yeah. doing it. So we went down there because as we started at 8 30 with desserts, and pretty soon people started trickling into the parking lot. We we're just like, come up, come up, come up into our, you know, the fellowship hall. So hey, they all everybody and their kids came up and got ice cream and brownies, and it was pretty fun. It was cool. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. No, we had we had a uh, community-wide confession of sin asking for forgiveness for committing treason over 200 years ago. <laughs> and Holy not following the guidelines that um um you know lindsey graham thought we shouldn't read romans 13 so we read romans 13 together and um, passed out sackcloth and ashes good you know just a light i think just a <laughs> nothing heavy no yeah so that was that was good yeah so uh yeah other than that it was pretty quiet <laughs> no actually actually we we hung out here at the park with mm -hmm. um my daughter and her fiance and the kids and they're getting set up with a kind of a picnic area to watch the fireworks nice and then we got home by oh probably 8 8 30 before it got dark because i needed to take the dog for a walk because mm -hmm. our dog has real anxiety issues and you know everybody's blowing things up popping yep. things for the last several days and oh, yeah. her anxiety is growing but i needed to get her out for her evening walk um uh, or else I was afraid what her anxieties might do in the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> so halfway through the walk, uh, it was probably about, you know, quarter to nine. And it just, it just turned into a war zone in our neighborhood. Yeah, just nonstop booming and popping. Mm -hmm. And she was doing everything she could <laughs> just to, you know, she was trying to run away. She was, she was pulling on the leash. She was, you know, nervous and just shaking and yeah. As soon as we got home, um, she just found a dark corner and hid, huh? Hit it, hit away, yeah. So, and it's been it's been really rough on her. I think it was yep. during that first year of the pandemic when everybody was locked inside. What yep. happened was at least in our neighborhood, people bought so many fireworks, and the blasting went for you know three or four days before July Fourth, and then three or four days after. Yep. It just lasted for a good a good week. Yep. And I think that really kind of messed her up. <laughs> and Aww. since then, she's not been back to normal. Oh. So yeah, we knew we couldn't hang out and watch fireworks. We needed to get back and kind of take care of take care of our dog. Yeah. Um, our dog, he I didn't know what to expect, even though he's uh let's see, he will be three in uh October. So you would think he'd have some experience already, but actually the last two years, so 2020 and 2021, our city had a ban on fireworks within the city limits yeah. because of uh, fire danger. 
so dry, so hot. But this year, no need to do that. So this is actually his first year in those three years of actually having the fireworks oh, go off crazy. So I didn't yeah. know what to expect because he is a pretty, uh, he's kind of a wound up dog when it comes to, you know, hey, he'll be in the backyard. And if somebody walks by, he goes crazy, you know, like wow, 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 if they're walking. And so I didn't know what to expect, but he basically, he wasn't like afraid, but his deal was he'd hear a firework over here. Then he'd like, do I go bark at that one? Yeah. And then there'd be one over here. No, no, do I go bark at that one? Which one? No, I don't. (laughs) He didn't know where to go. So (laughs) yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's my dog's problem because then with all the options, it's just like, you know, can't catch them all. So just like collapse in a puddle on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but no, she, she had a tough time, but that's, you know, we've done that now the last two fourth of July's and I don't know. I think sometimes my patriotic, my, my patriotism is in a steep malaise. Yeah. That's where mine and, is. <laughs> and I mean, I love political history. I love, mm-hmm. um, you know, studying all that stuff. And, and from an ethical point of view, I love using like the constitution yeah, in the classes to teach, it's like there's some really good stuff there. Yep. But what an abysmal mess <laughs> we've gotten ourselves <laughs> in. Oh, amen. And so, last, so at at this Fourth uh, of July thing last night here at the park, um, I just I don't remember this as a kid. Everything looked like um, like it was a military military recruitment yeah activity. Um, you know, t-shirts with American flags, cool t-shirts with American flags and muskets and AK 15s and all that's like, wait, that's something different. Yep. Um, you know, I, that, that was, that was the uncomfortable difference. Very. Yes. And, and I'll tell you, if I, if I never see an AK again, I will, I will not weep. I'm just, uh, so yes, yeah. Yesterday morning uh, in Chicago, north of Chicago, yeah. Highland Park, uh, yeah. Highland Park. So which, our which son is lives where, isn't that where the um, famous uh, the seminary is pretty close to right around there, isn't it? The Union? No, which one is it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Know. Keep going. That famous one. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's got like um, Scott, um, Jesus Creed guy, oh, Scott McKnight. McKnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I have to have to look into that. But anyway, you know, it's a, it's just one of those things. So, so uh, years ago, when I was uh, doing a consult for a church in Salem, Oregon, my first Sunday there, there was a um, during the time of congregational prayer, there was a significant lament because this one family in the church had family who were in Texas. And okay. they had it, and they had lost, I believe, a, a grandchild in the sh- in the shooting in the church in Texas. Yeah, that's right. And it was just this feeling like here we are in you know Oregon, and this this thing that happened you know half the country away had a personal impact. Yeah. And then yesterday with the shooting in Highland Park, I I texted my son because he you know lives out there and he works in Chicago. Um, he's a bit south of Highland Park and just said, Hey, just was thinking about you. hope everything's okay. And, uh, he said, yeah, that's a, you know, that's, that's a ways away. And then 
this morning he texted uh, Carla and said, um, my manager, he, he works at a pub. He said, my manager um, isn't gonna be in the office today. Uh, two people he knows are in the hospital because they got shot. Uh-huh. And it just, you know, it's a half a country away, but it feels like there's a connection there. Right. And, and, and one of the things I've seen over the last several days, I may have mentioned this to you or somebody else, I can't remember who I was having the conversation with, something about Facebook and Instagram's algorithms. Right. But I, I've, I've got a lot of, you know, young friends, millennials, Gen Z, you know, younger people who I connect with mainly through coaching. Right. And I have been inundated with these uh, Halo and Mortal Kombat and all these different video clips that people are posting of their assault rifles blasting people away. And I have, I have unfriended these people yeah. not because I don't like them, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see another assault. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's kind of sickening that it's out there. And to me, it's just sickening that, that we find entertainment in blowing things up. You know, right. video games mo- don't turn you into a psychotic killer, and no. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I think there's just something wrong with our world when we think that that's entertainment. I think, at the least, it does make you, it has to, in, a, say, in, a, in one way, desensitize you from the actual you know what I mean? So like you get I, so used I, to seeing it that uh, yeah. this is part of it. And I mean, even just listening to yeah. news does that too, of course. But I remember reading years ago about something called the military entertainment industrial complex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the amount of money that the Pentagon invested in video games yeah. uh, as, a, as a recruitment tool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the thing is, I don't, I don't know that it's working as a recruitment tool, but it sure is making people more um, in love with blowing yes. things up with guns. Yep. And accepting the, what we call the, you know, the redemptive, redemptive violence story. Oh yeah. That, and then we just, we just keep rehearsing that story. Yep. And, and then at least, you know, for the last month with the weekly mass shootings, yeah, there's no, example of good guys with guns having the opportunity to retaliate right so even the redemptive violent piece <laughs> it it's functionally um useless right exactly we want to be heroes and yet <laughs> oh it doesn't show yeah. up yeah so so that you know that that was what i was thinking before fourth of july came around <laughs> right and then, and then all Fourth of July did was was um, uh, kind of validate that that malaise. Yeah. So, other than that, it was a great <laughs> great day. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I started in the morning with a uh, at a breakfast with a fellow in our congregation. He's actually so by tradition, he's actually. Um, uh, in the Orthodox stream, but there's not, there's no options close by other than Pullman. And so sometimes he makes the drive up to Pullman, but when he doesn't, he comes and is with us. And, uh, so 
we've struck up a pretty good friendship. He's around my age, maybe a little younger. And uh, we were talking and we just bought perchance, this was before the shooting, we were discussing, you know, the reenactment of battle zones that fireworks are because he was describing conversation he had with his son because his son was like hey why do we do fireworks for fourth of july and he was describing well it's a you know uh the explosions recreate feels like a recreation of a battle zone these are my feelings about it (laughs) and he said his son was like yeah but the colors sure are pretty though you know i know yeah yeah. i agree yeah (laughs) right so and he was like, ah, so yes, there's, yeah, you know, and, but then we both were discussing how it's just nonstop around for days. And we made kind of a, not a joke, but, you know, like a offhand remark about, you know, um, if somebody wanted to, they could get away with some, probably some shootings on around this time. And oh, as we're no driving, and as we're driving away, I get the alerts on the news about there's the shooting at this parade and. But I was just like, wow, <laughs> jeez, we cannot escape it. It's it's always no. going to be with us. It's well, yeah. It's if, why have we accepted that? Right, I don't know that it's 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 perennial. It's it's what you get. I don't I don't know. See now, you're you're just a, you're just a child. Back when I was a kid. <laughs> Back when I was a little kid. Yeah. That it just wasn't that way. It wasn't as prevalent. Uh, that's for sure. It, well, I, mean, I mean, it did. It, they did happen. Shootings did happen. I've gone because right. people keep tell, telling me, you know, it's not the guns because we used to drive. We used to park by our high school with our guns in the unlocked pickup. Right. And and so I went and did the little research. And yeah, sure enough, there's been school shootings really since the founding of our of our yeah. country. <laughs> But I, but I think what what's different is our fascination and love of weaponry. Exactly. So the rise, there is, a, and of course, correlation is not causation, but there is a strong correlation between the number and the availability of guns. They're literally right. everywhere. Yep. And they yep. didn't used to be everywhere. So well, and and uh, that great arch conservative Ronald Reagan and the assault weapons ban. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, it just made sense. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need military hardware at home. Mm-hmm. So, so the, um, I read a fantastic book uh, last week, two weeks ago. I've been, <laughs> I've been taking a deep dive and this probably explains my 4th of July malaise. <laughs> I've been taking a deep dive into uh, nationalism yep. and um, you know white supremacy and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And it's just, um, it's well, it's just painful, really. But um, what's the book I just read? Um, you gave me a list of ones you're working through. Well, I finished taking America back for God and psychology yeah. of Christian nationalism. Um, but there's another one that I just finished and it was by a historian of, um, of, of um, American nationalism or Christian nationalism. Yeah. And uh, gosh, I can't find the title of it. I've just been reading too many of them. Do you remember uh, the author's name? 
No, she's a she's a historian though. I think at the University of Chicago or someplace around Chicago. And um, she was making the point that so much of what we're going through is the result of the of the retreat or the failure at the end of the Vietnam War. Ah. So you had all these highly trained, militarized individuals who came back with the feeling of unfinished business and having a, a victory robbed from them. Yeah. And they came back losers. Yeah. So add on top of that, that when they came back, they were not welcomed home. Right. They were treated as, as criminals by yep. large, large portions of American society, you know, calling them baby killers. Mm-hmm. So you get these people who are uh, feeling a loss yep. and, they, and their home isn't welcoming, welcoming them back and they're trained in uh, guerrilla conflict. So mm. they, you know, they, and, and they have, and they still have access to weapons. This is before the assault weapons ban. Right. And so she traces a number of people in those groups and directly connects them to uh, clan participation, uh, Zionist movements, uh, white supremacy and skinhead groups. Okay. And, and the sad thing when you study this literature about white supremacy, clans and uh, Christian nationalism, Idaho is so often at the center of it. I know. It, well, and, and the Pacific Northwest in general, but Idaho, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, Idaho and Coeur d'Alene and yep. North Hayden Lake, uh, that region. Yep. And and it's just it's uh, it's uh, it's nauseating. Yeah. It, yes. it, it, and and so she traces this back to that those those that historic um, situation, you know, 74, 75, 76, that, that period of time. Wow. And, and it gives a legitimate reason for it. And it also fits into some other things with some of the gun nuts that I read about. And it's this feeling of, of um, I want to say machismo, but this sure. feeling of strength and being impervious and being the victor yep. that, that I think you know, calls back to that event. What is that now? 25 50 years ago you know almost 50 yeah 50 years ago yeah yeah and um and if it took it that long to get this bad how long is it going to take to turn it around no kidding that's interesting that connection because that made me also think about um and i think there's a good connection here because it has to do with nationalism specifically white nationalism with the dude um malcolm gladwell did that whole episode all about the general who came back and made uh, migrant workers and immigration, you know, the open border flow, flow of uh, workers in and out of the country <clears throat> was never on anybody's radar. When you would ask, like, what's your the top, you know, political issues of the day? It was well beyond the top 10. It wasn't even the top 10. He Mm -hmm. came back from Vietnam, again, unfinished business. This is exactly what Malcolm Gladwell talked about and how they couldn't protect their border over there. Therefore, this became his thing. And he rose and that became when he, with his influence on whatever administration at the time, probably Reagan and and, uh, some others, that became it rose from not even being a top 10 issue to one of the top five as he, he essentially created an issue where there wasn't one. Yeah. 
the the migrant workers would just come and go. It was a part of it was a part of employees. It was the ever flow like of the a, economy. It was yeah. just how it worked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no need for the protection. But he all of a sudden coming back from Vietnam with that unfinished business mindset and like they could not protect their border and we've got to. Yeah. Yeah. And he made it an issue. So yeah. I just found I just found the the title. It's called "Bringing No Bring the War Home" by mm. Kathleen Bellew. Ooh, okay. So it's a it's a really good and disappointing read. <laughs> sure. Yep. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm doing um, right now. I'm listening to, and I think you've already read or listened to this, uh, the color color of law or the color of the law. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Tell That's me, a good one. Me. So his whole argument is, and I can't remember the author's name. I'll find it later. But <clears throat> specifically federal and state policies that created segregated neighborhoods, housing, cities, um, you know, so some things that we already kind of knew about, you know, redlining, red districts, redlining and all right. that kind of stuff. But even beyond that, just the in-depth policies from the top down that literally created where there were no segregated cities, there were no segregated neighborhoods in cities. I mean, they created them out of nowhere when before there were even some desegregated, like living together uh, families and they were fine. They were thriving. There was no problem. And all of a sudden, and it had to do with soldiers, a lot to do with soldiers coming home from World War II, but creating these policies and neighborhoods that now, you know, 80 years later are creating, still creating issues, you know, where there weren't issues before. Anyway, it's pretty good. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, I've been doing this deep dive into populism, nationalism, white supremacy, all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm trying not to preach about it every week. Right, right. Because <laughs> I don't want to make people sick of it. Right. But what do you do with it? What do you, what do you, what do, you do with this, this story? Because, I mean, I mean, we've got a counter story that's even... Evangel that's even evangelical. I mean, there's a there's yeah. a small e evangelical story here that says, you know, there's a good there's good news in Jesus, and it's that all this stuff is is, is crap. You don't need yeah. all this garbage, right? Um, but what do you? I don't know. I'm just every once in a while I just struggle. Do I just keep <laughs> I want or what? I don't know. It's it's definitely a struggle. That's where, <clears throat> you know, I not necessarily hold back, but I mean pepper it in, I guess, throughout or yeah. season it yeah. in. Yeah. Let, a little leaven every time, every now and then, and maybe on occasion do a big, either a sermon or a series specifically about it, I suppose. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. There's definitely the danger of fatigue about it, you know? Because... Yeah. So, and so because of this, and because I've been reading so much this stuff lately, I'll tell you, I have not followed uh, sports for the last two weeks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow maybe that's it maybe that maybe i need a sabbatical from from reading this stuff <laughs> but know. you know then what does that say here craig has the privilege yeah. to 
set it down and set it aside when he doesn't want to get fatigued by it. <laughs> yep. It, yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to guilt trip you or anything. But... No, I feel better now. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Now I feel heroic. I feel heroic in my malaise. There you go. Oh, that's a good title for our episode. Heroic malaise. Heroic malaise. There you go. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. Uh, I will say in that conversation I had yesterday, um, one thing that kept popping up to me because he was sharing with me comments from his friends who used to be Christian and who now are not, and specifically because of things like the evangelical church of fundamentalism, their embrace mm-hmm. of politics and you know white Christian nationalism. <clears throat> and in his discussion, what kept coming up over and over was that it was almost as if his friends viewed it as if there is only this, this is the one story and I'm opposed to that story. And because I'm opposed to that story, therefore I'm opposed to it all. And right. it almost, in a sense, it's almost as if in their mind, we came to this conclusion that they were in a sense defending that story so that it would be existent as the story that is Christianity. Ah. So yeah. that they have it to oppose. That way they don't have to wrestle with other stories that actually work against that story. That's kind of cool. So, okay. Yeah. So, so um, they almost turn it into a legitimate monolith to run away from. Exactly. They have to have that there. And so when they see someone like their friend, his name's David, living a different story, they keep wanting to force him back into this story. And he's like, no, that's not my story. I don't, I'm just as a, I hate that. That's garbage. That is antichrist to me. And they're like, no, no. If you follow the Bible, the Bible says this and, you know, killing of homosexuals and yada, yada. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But how do you do that? Because I, I am so tired of telling people, well, I'm not that kind of Christian <laughs> right. or that's not what our church believes. Yeah. Or, and they're like, well, they're not. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but you got the name. So you got yeah, right. I know. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's and that is why I think people want to get rid of the name Christian. Sure. You know, or evangelical. And we were we were ta- when we were talking with um, uh, Angela Denker. She was talking about the changing it from evangelical to evangelical. So you switch the vowel of the front from a long to a short vowel sound. Is that somehow trying to make it better? You know, I don't, I don't know. Instead of Christianity, should it be, should we be calling it, uh, I don't know. Christos. Christ, Christio, yeah, I don't know. Messi, messianity. <laughs> but it's like, um, Yes. I mean, it's messy. <laughs> yeah. But, really you know, uh, uh, on, the, on the positive side, you know, it's also, you know, we've got we've got some great humor going on in uh, community activism. Nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, due to the Supreme Court's um, abysmal um, <laughs> actions over the last several weeks. Mm. In fact, there have been more than one. But um, so today um carla went ahead and called our senators offices and gave them a uterus report (laughs) (laughs) so since they're concerned about what's going on you know she just decided to give them a report and no that's that's clever that's funny so i guess that's that's something that is going on (laughs) and uh 
So <laughs> any women who wish to do so, uh, just you know, let, let your elected officials know what's going on in that regard. <laughs> um, and that's I think funny. I think that's just flood the phone lines with uh, <laughs> just my weekly update for you here. What yeah, whatever <laughs> details you need. Maybe every twenty eight days. I'm not sure how often it needs to be, but uh, oh wow, oh so, wow, that's good. That's funny. Yeah. That's clever. That's clever. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I can't. Maybe she'll include so... that in her sermon this week. So. Oh, is, is Carla <laughs> preaching this week? <laughs> yeah. So it's, nice. it's up to her to preach this week. So nice. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Oh, that's funny. I, you know, speaking of these decisions, um, I keep hearing some people, you know, lauding all these decisions as a return to states' rights. And since we've been talking about white nationalism. Yeah. You know, understand that. I, I don't know if people understand the historic connection between white nationalism as uh, supremacy and states rights. I mean, Oh my goodness. Yeah. I <laughs> doubt, I doubt anybody connects. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, some people make that connection and that's why they are ardently supportive of that. Yeah. That's sad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's the civil war was unfinished business again, the wrong right. side, the wrong yeah. side won. And we lost our state's rights and all this anti-federalism crap <laughs> is this, is this, um, it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a subtle way of saying we wish to secede right. from the union. Yep. Yep. That is, wow. Yeah. yeah. That and some of their other, even earlier decisions, even before it was this majority, the, for example, the oh, we don't need to renew the Voting Rights, you know, <laughs> Act. That is no longer applicable in 20. That's what they said. It's no longer applicable in 20, whatever it was, 13 yeah, or 14. We've gotten over those problems. Oh, uh, yeah. OK. And that makes me shudder a bit now when they do that. And uh, we got things like 2020 that happened and it might happen again in 2024 with, you know what I mean? Well, you want your mind blown. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe so bring up. So bring up voting rights and gerrymandering or who gets to vote, what the uh, what the um, you know, registration requirements are, uh, any of that kind of stuff. Find a place in the uh, the, the Constitution mm -hmm. that it speaks to that point. That's not in there. If, if you're a constitutional fundamentalist, it is not in there. So That's if right. you're an originalist, as are the, the six. Yeah, uh, conservative justices. Yeah, there's nothing in the Constitution about voting. That's right. Now, let's change that to how about the freedom to travel? <sighs> That's not in there either. Oh wow. Um. <sighs> oh, do you like clean air and clean water? <laughs> right, not in there. Not in there. EPA gutted. Yep. So, so one of the things that was picked up by Clarence Thomas, which was. At one, one hand, on the one hand, it was brilliant and insightful for him to acknowledge it. On right. the other hand, it was frightening. Is yes. the, uh, and this is one of the things very few people, uh, like I didn't really know about it, but I've been digging into it also, is like very few people understand the Ninth Amendment. Mm -hmm. So have, have you taken a peek at that? Yeah, since because of this, yeah. The same, yeah, yeah. So the Ninth Amendment is the, the right for all these unenumerated rights. Mm-hmm. And so it basically saying, well, we couldn't list them all. 
<laughs> but there's a bunch of rights that you got to have in order for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And since we can't list them all, just want you to know those are protected too. <laughs> and then over, over the history, some of those things that have been considered to be rights have been the freedom to travel, voting yep. regulations, clean air, clean water. Yep. So let's just say in redefining what an unenumerated right is, exactly. we say that it is illegal for a woman to travel to a federal institution, like a military base or uh, federal lands or into another state for reproductive health care. We, we could say you do not have that freedom to travel. That's right. It's not protected. It's not an unenumerated right. And so, and so it's like, well, that's frightening. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very. So who gets to vote? Uh, you know, what's the voting registration process? What is gerrymandering rules? Yep. Let the states figure it out. Yep. See, and so, and and so next year when the Supreme Court looks at the case where states can have their own set of electors exactly. following an election. Exactly. Can overthrow. Yes, they yeah. can overthrow any election. That's right. It's just insane. It boggles <laughs> the mind. It's terrible because they can actually say, yeah, this is what the in fact, the guy, I haven't really watched all the hearings, but the judge, one of them, he was like, and he's a conservative judge. And he's like, this is terrifies me because in 2024, all that needs to happen is a Senate in one state can say, no, we don't accept the people's votes. We're sending these electors and, and there's nothing to stop them because it is, exactly. that's not, there's nothing in the, <laughs> the constitution yeah. that tells them you have to do it this way. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, that's why I say, well, we made it through another year as a country. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh. Man, oh man. That's so, crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think for you and me, uh, it, it's different than it. The experience may be different than it is for other folks we may know. Mm-hmm. So if we have friends who live in, uh, well, we, I know I do. You know, friends who live in the Willamette Valley or Seattle or Philadelphia yeah. or Atlanta, they're yeah. they're they're not as uh, they don't feel like they're behind uh, enemy lines. <laughs> You know, yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm inundated by a bunch of people who uh, really love America, but they don't love the United States. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. And, oh, not uh, this, not this United States. No, no. Yeah. Well, I don't think they the like mind. the idea of United. You know, exactly. They like the states. They like yeah, the states right. of America, but not the United. <laughs> United. Exactly. Oof. So, Oof. yeah. So this has been a cheerful and uplifting episode. <laughs> I'm glad we could do it. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, what are you preaching on for the rest of the summer? (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'm actually doing um, until the end of August, all of the mostly all the Old Testament texts, because we're going to look at prophets, the prophets in each Uh, throughout the summer. So we're going to. So I'm focused on the gospel part of the lectionary. So is the is the um, are those readings that you're looking at, are they from the, the lectionary or are they just an yeah. assortment of prophetic texts? Nope. They're from the lectionary. Yep. The, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they line up with the, but so for example, this last week we did um, second Kings chapter five, verse one through 14, uh, where Naaman comes 
the general, General Naaman. He's an Aramean, but he has leprosy. He's a fan, a leader of men, a mighty man, but he has leprosy. And so he goes right. to, he gets permission from his king to go to Israel to find Elisha. So Elisha can cure him. Speaking of some nationalism here, you know, at the yeah, end really. of it, he, 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 um, at the end of it, he, uh, he's cleaned, of course, he's, he's healed and he wants to worship God. So what he does is he digs up a ton of dirt, two, two bags full of dirt to load on his mule or his horse or whatever to carry back because the thinking then was God is the God, their God is the God of this land. And so I've got to get this land over to my land so I can worship get this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is fascinating. Yeah, so yeah, is, yeah. Is it kind of like the greatest hits from the prophets or is it bouncing yeah. around or is it following the story of, of a particular book? Uh, a particular... Now you got now you're making me double check. Uh, okay, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no, it does yes. it does pop around a little bit. So here's Amos. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna be looking at Amos. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think greatest hits from the prophets would be kind of cool. Yes. Because because if you spend too much time with Elisha, it's like, well, I, yeah, I like him, but I don't like him. Right. Exactly. Let's just yeah, get, yeah, a, exactly. Just the greatest hits. He's a fearsome <laughs> dude, but a bit of a fundy, you know? Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. His idea of interreligious dialogue was a bit weak. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won't focus on that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine Elisha at an interfaith service, you know? And <laughs> No, I cannot. I mean, he'd be the only one left standing at the at the benediction. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, sorry, everybody else got burned up, but hey, we're good. <laughs> we're all yeah. good. We're, we yeah. settled here. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. What are you preaching on throughout the summer? So we're staying with Luke. Nice. Uh, Luke, I... I well, that's I'm what really you said. You're doing the gospel. That's right. Yeah, Luke I like Luke Acts. And, and um, one of the things we did several years ago gosh, maybe 10 years ago, we spent a year dwelling in the word on Luke 10 verses one through 12. Ooh. And it's a great dwelling passage. We've used it. I've used it as a primary text when I'm consulting for churches to, to gather around for a lengthy period of time. And new insights always pop up from it. It's just a, it's a blast. The, um, we we're talking about it and it popped up as issues of nationalism and some of those themes when you're dealing with the fact that you're knocking at the door of a stranger and you've got to eat what's set before you even if it's not your stuff you know because you've got these uh, uh jewish purity laws that you can't do some things you can't do other things well what happens when you step in the home of somebody and they have a different religious view and they are willing to share from their their views their homeland their their traditions what they have man anyway so it's fun so we're what we're doing is we're going to stick with that that luke 10 passage as a dwelling text uh as long as we're working with with the luke gospel you know basically through the rest of the lectionary year i love it you're muted oh you're muted i forgot i could talk i'm like oh you might not be able to hear me but yes you were muted for a second there i don't know why okay yeah i got a phone call it was probably the uh the auto shop telling me that my car is getting ready oh Uh, gotcha yeah but i guess what yeah so we're just going to use that luke 10 passage as a touchstone to come back to as we read each of the other luke luke and passages uh, through the rest of the lectionary year love it and that way, we'll kind of stay focused on what is this passage telling us, encouraging us, and making us think about um, 
And it all comes down to this idea of hospitality. Yes, it does. It's beautiful. You know, because it, it's like, uh, you know, woe to you. It'll be worse for you than Sodom. And ah! what's the sin of Sodom? The sin of Sodom was right. injustice to the poor and lack of hospitality. That's right. And um, so, so I think Oof. we're going to keep coming back to that. Solid. I like it. That's good stuff. That'll preach. So in upcoming episodes. Yes. What do we got? Yeah. Uh, Sounds like well, we got we some guests don't have coming. Anything yet, but we've oh. got a few people on online. Okay. Uh, been talking with a New Testament scholar. We like and, those. Uh, trying to you know want to have a conversation to see how her how have some of her insights. Um, you know what where do they come from and how might they fit into like normal congregational life. Yes. Uh, she 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 wrote a book called uh, uh, embodying embodying God or the embodied God. That's right. And it's a study of Luke Acts Oof. where it really pushes against this idea of immortal, invisible, God only wise. You know that mm, hymn? I can't sing yeah. it anymore because God is not invisible. God <laughs> That's shows up. right. God shows up everywhere. Stop God shows up saying as that. Angels, as wind, as flame, as, you know, yep. God shows up. God does show up. And I think it's a really interesting insight. So she and I have been in conversation. I love it. That's good. Um, I'm still playing with uh, trying to get, um, a conversation set up with a, uh, uh, a sociologist who's okay. been um, working on the issue of, of religious nationalism Oof. and uh, would recommend his, his uh, um, he and another uh, scholar, two, two sociologists have a podcast called White Straight American Jesus. Straight <laughs> White American Jesus. Straight yeah, White American. Oh, wow. Yeah. Swaj, yeah, S W A J. Swaj, <laughs> and uh, it's a great podcast. And uh, so I'm trying to catch up and see if we can get some conversations going with with either. That'd be them. awesome. That'd be good. Uh, so I keep digging into some of these things and getting some people on the line, waiting for uh, you know finalizing some ideas. I love it. So okay, we'll get let's get on. Heck yeah! I'll start. Uh, I'll start pulling my weight and find somebody to. <laughs> Yeah, just just find anybody who's willing to talk, you know. <laughs> so who was there? There was somebody I was thinking would be great for us to talk to. Oh. And I'm trying to remember if it was it was trying to blend, I was thinking of blending our worlds of Methodist and Mennonite. Oh. And there was somebody who steps in both worlds, not Stanley Hauerwas, but somebody like that. Yeah. Um, but who was that? I do not remember. But oh, you better figure it out. Come on. Figure now. it out. Yeah. And then um yeah, so I'm just, yeah, who knows, who knows who may show up on here, but I'll tell you what, we have had a steady run of some great guests. Yes, we have. And, Love uh, it. Yep, yep. Love it. All right, well, I'm going to go pick up my car. Go I get those. I'm glad you got your brakes fixed, man. You're driving around with shoddy brakes. That's danger. That's danger territory. I like to live on the edge. <laughs> well, if you don't have brakes, maybe don't get too close to the to the edge yeah yeah i want you to zoom right over i mean well geez. now 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 i can push right up to the edge and see what happens <laughs> man hopefully it's not loose gravel at the time anyway <sighs> so <laughs> well awesome oh what right. what vehicle is it is it the car it i is, drove around it is the car you drove around yes yeah yeah yep. how long did i have that like several oh, no, months no, no, no. It's the, is it the one you had gosh which one was that I no, that the, was the that was the white one, wasn't it? No, no, you had the no. bronze one. Yep. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. Nice. Okay. 
Yeah. So that one's in great shape. It was fun to drive yeah. around. I actually liked it. Actually, you had it here at a time I really could have used it when it was really snowy. So uh, a couple of times you asked me well, to drive it around to see how it was working. So right? I took it to go pick up kids Exercise from school. It. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, hey, would you like, uh, really would, you like to, days. would you like to buy an Explorer? We've got we've got three. <laughs> wow. Three of them. Tell you what, tell you what <laughs> we'll do. It. We'll you buy you buy get you buy one, you get the other two for free. <laughs> Are they not running? Is that no, the no, problem? they're all running. Yeah. Oh. Well, one needs a radiator, but okay. <laughs> it'll it'll go a short distance. <clears throat> that is so I do have to think about now. My <laughs> oldest is 14. So it's a great to... car for great car for a young person. It's <laughs> you know, it's got a little bulk to it. It makes you feel it makes you feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me think about so, it. I will so hopefully at the end of the year, I hope to be getting a newer explorer yeah so <laughs> of course when you do that you know you're just going to trade whatever problems you have with these ones for whatever problems come with that's the right. other one that's right but uh, <laughs> but i would like to I, I would like to have a new set of problems yeah yeah you're you're, you're, <laughs> you're tired of these problems yeah that's yeah, I'd rather have some other high tech problems like oh, you know, <laughs> a chip that no, is yeah, impossible the, to get to. The Bluetooth won't sync. A thousand dollars just to just to get into it. Well, not only that, but it'd be fun to be able to use your car to hack into some kind of you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is that can people? I guess they could hack into cars. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, if you think about it, so like OnStar. Yeah. It's a satellite yeah. system that you connect mm-hmm. with your car. So it knows where it is, wherever it is. That's right. And it's a two-way communication. Yep. So there you go. Which what's Boom. going on with your car's components. Yep. So that could. So can, you re- can you reverse that? So some of the older ones that don't necessarily connect, but do have the chip, maybe not. Couldn't hack those. But the ones with the. Yeah. Ah, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. I'm not really planning on doing anything illegal with a, with a high-tech Explorer. How many but, Teslas are going to become weapons of destruction when somebody exits? <laughs> have you them? have you heard about Priuses blowing up in junkyards? Whoa, no. So I guess when when you know those uh, battery powered cars go to junkyards, they're supposed to remove the the batteries. Oh no! And you know they have some kind of special disposal of them. Right. But remember how the was it Samsung phones are blowing up in people's pockets and all yes. that? Yeah. Because the yeah. battery was overheating and doing something. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, some of these electric cars are having a similar problem in junkyards. Wow. And just saw, I don't, I've only seen one article about it. I don't know how prevalent it is. But <laughs> Maybe it's not as bad as, you know. But... Yeah, but just the idea of a car sitting there for now months and all of a sudden, <laughs> kaboom. Kaboom. Yeah. That's Junkyard crazy. fire. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> that sounds like a great name for a punk band. Junkyard Fire. <laughs> it might be out there already. I think it's a <clears> punk <throat> blues band. Yeah. So. We didn't even talk about Stranger Things 4. Oh, man. We got to talk about that <laughs> next week. Next week. There we go. Okay. And, we'll give people oh, a chance to. Okay. So here's two things Stranger yeah. Things 4 with full, with no spoiler alerts. Okay. That's like. <laughs> You know, you listen in, you got it. So you better dig into it now. In fact, that's why Carla and I watched it like the other night. Yep. Get it all done. 
it's like gotta watch it all because you know the spoilers are going to be coming so we got exactly not only that but i we i think i i also want to have a theological conversation in the from a process point of view about those two songs from bedouin sound clash in light of the book of ecclesiastes okay oh okay what is the difference between an epistemology and a metaphysics of process thought? Oof. So there's a lot of big words. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you broke some cardinal I broke rules. Some rules. Podcast there. Anyway. All right. I look good. forward to that. That sounds good. Yeah. I want to talk about beyond just the actual Stranger Things, you know, in whatever the show. To I've been thinking the last few days about the um, some <clears throat> implications for I don't know you know kingdom oh. thinking theology. Oh, there, 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 there is you know. Yeah. Oh my! I mean, can you imagine somebody laying their life down who is not accepted <laughs> by their people? Mm. That yeah. that isn't there something in the Bible about that? Uh, heard, somebody that, might that, die for a good person. That rings familiar. (laughs) But for those, you know, first, you know, sinners who would, who would lay their life down. My goodness. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. We got stuff to talk about. All righty. Go get your car. All right. See you next week. See ya. Good combo. We'll see ya. Bye. Thanks for joining Cody Stauffer and me, Craig Morton, for this podcast. We simply try to record and upload without much editing. What you get is live conversation with all its ignorance and insight, wisdom and foolishness, sometimes more of one than the other, and occasionally profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment. And look for upcoming Facebook Live podcasts where you can interact with our guests. Also, we can be found on Twitter as at All That's Holy. Our intro and outro music is by At The Speed Of Darkness. Support At The Speed Of Darkness on Bandcamp and buy his music there. As well as follow him on Instagram at At The Speed Of Darkness. 